Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. I'm just going to pray, actually. Thank you, God. God, I just thank you that you're in this room and we invite your Holy Spirit here to continue to minister like you have been already this morning. God, I just thank you that my words were your words, that you use me how you want me to. Um, share today, Lord Jesus, and that only what you want in the service will happen. Bless every single person that's here. Let their hearts be open to what you want to say to them and let their ears be tuned in to hear your voice today. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So a good place to start usually when you're bringing a message is the Bible. So I'm going to get straight into it and I'm going to share from Exodus 4, 10 to 13. Now this is a time when God was asking Moses specifically to lead his people out of Egypt. He specifically wanted him to do it. And he gave him quite a lot of amazing uh, signs and wonders of how he would prove that it was God that sent him. But this is what Moses says in verse 10. Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been. I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied. Anyone relate? And my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send somebody else. Has anybody else sort of negotiated with Jesus and said, please use somebody else? God, I don't have eloquent words. I don't even think I said that word right. You know, like, God, use somebody else. I definitely have, and if I'm the only one, I'll be shocked. But you know, the theme of what we've been teaching on in the church at the moment is discipleship defined. And I couldn't get past thinking that we need our voice to disciple, to share his wisdom, or to encourage with kindness, or to sing praises and worship to him, to share messages of hope. Prophetic words, like you need your voice to do that. Okay, Brent has actually let us text in. So okay, you can use a phone. However, it works quite well with your voice. And our voices are a key instrument that God has given each one of us to use. But wow, how intimidating can it be sometimes to use your voice when God asks you to? Today is actually quite a significant date for me. Uh, It's not just Black Friday sales that I want to get to. It's actually November the 26th. Now it's 2023, but in 2012, it was the day uh, that I was in Christchurch Hospital about to have a major surgery because I'd I'd discovered a few months prior that I had a cancer diagnosis. Now I had very few symptoms other than really tired. As a mother of five children aged between two and 10, quite a normal symptom. Can I get a witness of anyone with small children? Didn't really think much of it. Then some small lumps on the side of the neck. Again, thought it was the chewing gum that I had been told never to swallow as a child. It was just lodged in my neck. Well, it turns out after lots of uh, medical tests and whatnot, it was in fact cancer. So the date and right now the time I would have been in surgery 
11 years ago. Now, when I got the date of when I was preaching, I very quickly heard the voice of God. I want, to share, I want you to share a bit of your story. And sometimes I think, man, I think people get sick of the story, but I felt his voice, and so here we go. So on this date, the surgery was meant to be a three-hour surgery, and then it turns out it was a little longer. Uh, what happened was um, prior to my surgery, actually, God was with me the whole way. Even when I walked out of my very first scan, not expecting any bad news, I walked down the corridor by myself, and God said, I'm with you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you on this journey. And then a few days before um, my surgery, I was hanging out the washing because hello, it's probably the only place God could get me alone without children because no one wanted to help. And um, I'm hanging it up and I just said to God, you know, what's this journey going to be like? And he said, um, it's going to be very different to what you imagine. You're going to need my strength like never before. And I'm going to have to show you what else I'm going to heal you of. People are going to, sorry, grow in their faith and they're going to come to me because of your journey. And at the time I was like, well, hello, so many people get cancer. God, I think you might be being a bit over the top. Now that sounds weird, but you know, I do talk to God like that. But I was thinking, God, you know, maybe this is a bit extreme to say. The day of the surgery comes, I'm there, I, they find me the child size stockings because apparently adult ones weren't going to fit me right and um, to be fair I had quite a bit of peace under the circumstances go into the room where they sedate you and get you all drugged up and um, the guy I maybe I was too chatty and he goes man I bet your husband's going to enjoy some time without you talking today I thought how rude he loves my voice (coughs) most of the time you know the odd feedback not so keen on but that's okay um So anyway, here's a pic of me pre-op. You may not recognise me because of my no makeup. This is my be real photo. And and clearly I hadn't quite learnt about purple shampoo back then. They're throwing a lot of gold in that blonde. So drop it down. That's enough. Push me away. I can't bear looking at myself like that either. So anyway, I'm fairly full of peace in this moment. And then, all of a sudden, nine hours later or so, I wake to minimum eight people looking over me. I'm groggy, and they say, you're in ICU. Rebecca, can you hear us? And I'm like, and they're like, don't try and talk. We just need to know if you can hear us. We need to let you know about your surgery. To which they then started to tell me that the surgery was a lot more complicated than they'd imagined. There was um, some things that happened during the surgery, because of more tumours and where they lay, that meant one of my vocal cords was fully paralysed and the other one was very damaged, to which they said, you may never speak again. Then they let me know that one of my jugular veins got chopped out as well, so it was down to one. And then all I think about was, like, if someone slipped my wrist on that side, I'm a goner. I mean, why does your mind go to these places? I'm so sorry. But anyway, then... Then... Um, So sorry, that's how my brain works. So then I um, find out too that my swallow reflex is damaged, so I'm going to be dribbling for potentially however long. So that was quite pretty. But then it didn't finish there. They were like, um, also, your breathing was affected during the operation, so we've had to put a tracheostomy in, which is a tube in your neck, um, so that you can breathe that way. And... So there was a lot to take in, and they said, have you got any questions? 
Well, <laughs> no, none at all. When's the jelly and ice cream coming on out? Um, to which they are, yeah, they, I did think that. And they were like, oh, so you won't be able to eat. You have a feeding tube. So, I mean, it just didn't get much better, did it? So then they passed me my pen and paper, which was now my new form of communication, where the two questions I asked was, what is the time? And where is my husband? He was nowhere to be found. I don't know what that guy was up to, um, but he wasn't there. So it very quickly was evident that the word God had spoken to me at the clothesline was very accurate. I, was, I absolutely did not expect this. I absolutely was going to need his strength. And I knew that I was going to need to claim what he'd spoken to me, that I will be healed of all of the new things I didn't know I was going to need a healing of. You know, it's a very surreal thing to have your voice taken away from you. When you try and speak, not an ounce of sound came out. Came out. It was like, air, air just came out. Nothing came out. And nothing could have prepared me for that. And I realised very quickly how many thoughts I have in my head that I could not say very quickly on a piece of paper. <laughs> and I could not really get through, you know, I would want to have some banter and I'd want to ask for this or whatever, but it was very hard to do that quickly on a refill. And so hand gestures became a thing, friendly ones only. Um, and I realised uh, the power we hold in our voice and just how much we use it. And when your voice is limited, it can feel like God is limited to use you. I remember the limitation I felt. Now, if you don't like the pictures of tubes, please just close your eyes for 10 seconds and I'll show you me on day four. And again, not my best moment. Okay, so this is me day four. I hadn't looked at myself until this photo. Um, it was, there's my spew bowl down the front because that is pretty much what I was doing for the first few days. This is me in a not good state. <laughs> you can take that down. But, you know, that... That was my reality for that moment. And then I have my team. There's a photo of my team. And um, these were my, my crew. They would come in each morning about 8 o'clock. And the guy at the front was doing Movember. And um, I really enjoyed the progress of what I got to see with my 18 days in there. The one in the blue shirt, I like kind of had a... Okay, that sounds weird. But I had a strong feeling of appreciation for him because he was my surgeon and he was like my... Saviour in a way, not like Jesus. Jesus saved me, but um, yeah, he was, he was amazing. And um, you can take that down. So anyway, uh, the day five, several days of feeling, being able to get out of bed, constantly vomiting, I managed to walk down to the corridor where the TV was going. And this was like a milestone, like a little bit of energy to get there. I dragged my um, food trolley thing, my little feeding, because I was on sip if anyone's been on that, not very tasty. Couldn't taste it anyway, so it didn't matter. But um, anyway, that was, what, that was my food. So then I walk into the door of the lounge. There was no one else in there. And as I walk in, as the theme show, this is the voice. Now, I don't know if you know that show, if it's even still on, but that was like, this is the voice. And then God just very quickly said to me, I'm still going to use your voice. And I was like, ooh, okay. Well, you better flip and give it back because the app I'm using on my phone with a male American voice ain't doing a very good job for me. And it was awful. It was weird. Like, anyway. But the next day, God used my voice. Not my literal voice. He used my whiteboard, marker, and pen for me to have a conversation with a nurse who said, I don't understand 
why the God you believe in allows things like this to happen to people who are good, like you. And I thought, I'll take the good. Thank you very much. And um, I started just to share my understanding of it and that I didn't necessarily think God gave it to me, but he allowed some of these journeys for us to grow in, for us to trust him in. And I believed God used that journey to do an amazing thing in my life. And so um, I was able to share that and how I believe God was going to turn my story around. Then 10 days in, still no progress with voice. Still in hospital, still not really able to, not able to eat uh, in my mouth, no water, anything. That went on for three months, actually. Get a bout of pneumonia and lots of different tests and things to check my vocal cords. And then, guys, I get a breakthrough. Have a look. This is my special moment, day 10. Again, atrocious looking. I would remake the video, but it would be a fake. Here I am. This is how quiet it was. I don't know who the heavy breathing was. Oh, yeah. Thanks, God. Woo. You know, the reality is, I joked in that video, um, you know, I wish I'd dressed up for the occasion, and I absolutely do, but it's too late. So um, the thing is with God, we actually do not know, and we don't know if we'll be ready for when he asks us to use our voice. Just like I'm in my dressing gown right there, I wish I was more prepared, but God might do the same for you. You might not feel prepared. You might not be in your best outfit. You might be out gardening. You might be not quite ready. But when he says, whispers to you to say something to someone and use your voice, your time is now. And that's when you need to open your mouth, be bold and confident and use it. I know many of us here want to be used by God. We want to step out and to speak confidently about God and be used by him. But we feel our voice is small. It's easy, isn't it, to feel like Moses, to feel like you can't speak well, or maybe you're inadequate, you're not experienced, maybe you're not spiritual enough or mature enough in your faith, or maybe you think, oh, I'm just going to do it wrong, I'll botch it up if I try. Or you're in that category, others can do it better, so why do, what, you know, I, what's the point? Well, we actually all have a story. And we all have a voice, and God wants all of us to be able to use it, to have a significant impact with our voice. To be significant with your voice doesn't mean you have to be rich, doesn't mean you have to be famous, doesn't mean you have to be a politician, doesn't mean you have to be communicating all over the world. To be significant, you can just use your voice every day, on a daily, as an ordinary person. What I've learned or experienced is in the moments I'm feeling led by God, Fearful though, but I can do it. That when I lean into the opportunity or the moment and follow through, he has always been there. He's always helped me. He's always equipped me. He's always been the extra that I don't have in my own strength. John Maxwell says this, fear is the most prevalent reason people stop. Faith is what makes people start. We need to feed our faith and squash out our fear. Moses had a stutter. We learn about that in Exodus. God gave Gideon an assignment to rescue Israel, but Gideon argued with God that he was the least of the weakest clan. Jeremiah felt too young to accept God's purpose and assignment. Jesus' disciples were considered unlikely choices that were the council, where the council described them as unschooled, ordinary men. Notice the word 
ordinary. I don't know about you or I, you, but I feel ordinary. But God still chooses to use the ordinary. God shows us in the Bible, He likes to use ordinary people. How encouraging, right? Proverbs 5, 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. You know, the enemy wants to come and disrupt and destroy and take away your voice. He potentially tried to take away mine. He's potentially tried to mute yours or muffle it or restrict it or dilute it. You know, maybe you've got an overbearing boss that has crushed your spirit. Maybe you've had an unfaithful spouse and they've lost your trust and you have lost confidence. Maybe you've had cruel friends who have trampled on your heart, who have been spiteful with their words. Maybe you had insensitive parents who never spoke nice things about you but stripped your confidence. Maybe you've had unthinking teachers who have called you stupid in front of a class or said you're useless, squashing yourself with. Maybe you've got rebellious children that have stomped, stomped all over you. Maybe the enemies riddled your mind with lies about yourself. Well, maybe you sit here today and the pain or the trauma is what stops you from speaking out. The desire is there, but the pain and the trauma is limiting. These are the tactics tactics of the enemy and he loves to use them to keep you quiet, to keep you not speaking up when you want to, to keep you locked up. He wants to keep you feeling fearful, not ready or not able. He loves to keep you hurting and struggling in painful seasons and feel inadequate, which of course will make you fearful to step out when you feel God's prompting to use your voice. And then he knows, of course, they won't use their voice. See, we can often see what we want to do, but we feel the gap is too big of what we're not yet a few weeks ago, I was at a roundabout and um, a lady in front of me happened to be stopped for a while and I thought, perhaps she's learning to drive. She's a bit nervous to merge onto the roundabout. I noticed after a wee while longer, she was now getting out of her car, getting back in her car. And I could tell she was actually a little distressed. So I'm the only person behind her. So I think, okay, hazard lights. And I felt that prompting to get out and help. I thought my one time to the gym this year will probably mean my muscles are strong enough to help her move her car. I was believing and stepping out in faith in that moment. Anyway, I get there and this lady, uh, very, very distressed and she's run out of petrol. She is beside herself and she goes, Rebecca, it's you. Now, I have no idea who this lady was. And I was like, it is me. I don't know who you are, but that's okay. God has got me here. And I just said, hey, she told me the story. She um, ran out of petrol. She was trying to get to the hospital. Her friend's son was in a coma. It was a lot. She was feeling a lot of emotion. She was having a full-blown panic attack. I probably stood there holding her hand at that roundabout a couple of minutes. And then I said, hey, can I pray? She said, yep. So I was like, okay, God, I just pray you come right now and you help us in this situation. Bring your peace, bring your comfort. Right now, settle how she's feeling with Jesus and God help us to help her get out of this situation. And I'm not kidding, before I open up my eyes, there's two guys right here. They've got their um, thingies that you attach to a car to help tow a car, straps. Then they had this cool ute parked over there. And then I see Mr. Constable, not sure, walking along. He is right there. And I was like, thank you, God. I just had to step out and use what little I had in my hand, which was just my voice, just hold her hand and pray for her. And God 
brought the rest. I tell you that story not because I want you to think I'm a great citizen, but it's a great example of, I mean, that was quite good too, but I mean, it's a great example of when you step out with the little you have in your hand and God gives you the rest. I want to encourage you today. If you feel his prompt this week, step out and say, God, I'm hearing you, I'm stepping out. Can you do the rest? Can you be the rest for me today? We pray for our driveway. And no, we didn't. We pray for our neighbour on the driveway. <laughs> Could pray for the driveway as well. I don't want to have to water blast it. It's going to take me ages. Um, so then um, we prayed for him. He shared something about what's going on for them. And we were like, hey, you know what we do. Can we pray for you? And so we did. He didn't deny it. He took it. It's a step of faith because he could have gone, no, don't believe in that crap and walked away and it would be awkward next time I saw him over the fence. Hey, buddy. Um, But he went with it. When you feel God prompt you, please take the leading. I've got an incredible story and one of my incredible daughters is going to come up and share how God has done something amazing in her life, Paris. I'd love you to come up on stage and then the worship team, if you're ready. Yeah, give it up for Paris. You see, you'd be amazed at how many times those little moments, those little promptings, those little things you do that you don't think matter, God uses in a significant way. Hello, Paris. Welcome to the stage. Thanks. You look lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Come on over. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm about to share. You don't actually have to stand there. I'll get you standing there. <laughs> Great. I'll stand here and see. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Um, I'm sharing a little bit about a journey that I guess I've been through over the last few years. And when I was younger, a child, I really struggled. I was very like insecure with, um, I guess a lot of the time with people noticing me. I didn't want people to look at me. I didn't want people to notice me. And when it came to worship, I just did not want to try it. I never wanted to give it a go. I... I guess I just found it so hard. I didn't understand what was important about it. I just compared myself to my sisters who could sing amazingly. I thought, you know what? They can sing. I can't sing. So there's no point of me giving it a go. And I think that's probably where like the insecurity started for me, just comparing myself to how I sounded and how I looked to others. And it went throughout my whole childhood. I just never wanted to give it a go. It was just this thing that the enemy had almost just trapped me in that I couldn't even worship. I couldn't give it a go. I couldn't sing. And I would just feel so sick walking into church, having to go in. And I knew that those moments were coming up where we'd have to go into praise and worship. And I was just like, nah, I don't even want to give it a go. I don't want to be here. And I loved church and I loved God. But that moment I just found so difficult. And when I was about 12, we went to this conference and I was with my siblings and this family friend who I loved. And I decided, you know, I'm going to give this a go. I know no one here, just the people that I love. So no one's going to judge me. I can sing. I can give this a go. I'll lift my hands. So at this conference, when I was about 12, I decided, you know, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to sing. And I gave it a go. And it was the first time in my life that I'd given it a go. And this lady who I really loved at the time said to me, Paris, that's not how you lift your hands. That's not what you do. You're a pastor's kid. You should know this. That's not what you do. And those words as a 12-year-old, you trust the people that you love and you think, okay, I'm not doing it right. And for me, that was so hard to hear because I'd waited this whole time and it was such a struggle for me. And I'd given it a go. And the enemy used someone who I loved to get to me. 
I thought it was this person speaking, but I know that that was the enemy trying to get through me to someone I loved, someone that I trusted. So then it just became this journey, this hard thing that I didn't understand. And when I was about 15, again, still hadn't sung, still hadn't lifted my hands, still hadn't given it a go. I just chose to not let myself even experience those moments. I chose to just be closed off to it. I didn't even want to, I couldn't even stand there and close my eyes just to experience His presence. I just stood there with my arms folded. I couldn't, I just would sit on a seat. I couldn't even get in those moments. And when I was 15, we were at this camp, at United Camp actually, and it was the last night and I thought, you know, I'm going to give this a go. And I tried and I couldn't. I was like, oh, this is just too hard. I don't understand what people feel. I don't understand how people, um, what people think worship is. I don't get it. I don't understand why it's important. And I just heard this voice and it was my name and it was Paris. Paris, Paris, and just keep getting louder. And I followed the voice, followed the voice of God to the back of the marquee, and there was standing Linda Eagle. And I don't even know if Linda remembers that here. And Linda said to me, Paris, do you want to lift your hands? And I don't even know if she knew what I had been going through, what I had experienced. She didn't know. And she helped me lift my hands. And I followed that voice of God to the back of the marquee. And Linda helped me lift my hands for the second time in my life. And she said, Paris, lift your hand. Do you want to lift your hand? And I lifted my hands. Then the next week, we were at youth and I was like, okay, I've done this. I can do it again. And I went to lift my hands and someone made a comment to me. And it was that comment from the enemy again, trying to get and trying to weave his way into me. He knew what this, he knew my struggle, he knew my insecurity and he was trying to get to me. And again, I just thought, you know what? I was making that up. Linda, she helped me, but you know what? That wasn't even a moment. I don't care. I'm not going to give it a go again. So again, I just stopped. I couldn't deal with it. I found it too hard. Then this year, I thought, you know what? It's been too long. And I just heard the Lord speaking to me. He said, Paris, it's been too long. It's been too long. You need to worship me. It's been too long. And I just heard this voice from Him and I knew it's been too long. And this year, I gave it a go singing again. And it was a struggle. You know, you have to push through it. But it was hard and then I just knew, I was like, I wanna lift my hands, I wanna worship God, but I can't do it alone. And at the encounter night we had a couple of months ago, I went up to my dad and he anointed me and I said, Dad, I need you to help me lift my hands. It's been too long, I need you to help me worship God. And he anointed my hands, he anointed my head and he prayed for me and my hands just lifted. I don't even remember lifting them myself. And that was the third time in my life that I'd lifted my hands. And by the Holy Spirit, I just honestly fell to the ground. I've never experienced God's presence, God's love like that before. And um, honestly, it's just been crazy ever since then. I just can't even explain that moment when I fell down, just almost it felt like my airway had been opened for the first time and my hands didn't feel like they had weights on them anymore. I could actually worship and praise the Lord like I'd been wanting to, but it was something that the enemy had stopped me from doing. And at camp, honestly, I just had this, almost like this revelation, I had this breakthrough where I could actually just lift my hands. It wasn't something that I had to try and do, but the Lord had just helped me and now I can do it and I've got my voice back, you know? And I think, you know, it's, yeah, it was a struggle, but I know that now looking back on it, it wasn't ever um, something that the Lord was stopping me from. I don't know what I thought it was. It was never that, but the enemy used people that I loved 
to try and get to me, try and get to me to weave in with them, try and get um, those words to um, make me believe that. But you have to recognise what voice you're hearing, if it's from the enemy, if it's from God. And for me, I didn't recognise that those were from the enemy. But if I'd recognised sooner, I could have been worshipping sooner. But instead, it took me till 19 to do that. But I wasn't going to share this, but when you're talking about like using our voice, when we had those little prompts, um, last Wednesday at youth, we had this moment. It was amazing. Skippy was speaking and we just had this worship moment. And there was this girl that was standing there and I prayed for her and I just saw her standing there. I was like, hey, do you need some prayer? And she was like, yeah. And I prayed for her. She opened up about a few things. And for the next like 10 minutes, I just saw her standing there. And I just recognised it. I knew that was how I used to feel. I can see how she's standing there. And I went up to her and I said, hey, are you okay? She said, I don't know what to do. I'm just standing here, but I want to try something, but I don't know what to do. I don't know how to lift my hands. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't understand why people sing. I don't understand why people worship. And I said to her, do you want me to help you worship? And she said, yeah, no one's ever tried to help me worship. I need help. And I said, okay. And I explained to her that there's no right way to worship. There's no right way to lift your hands. No one needs to tell you that you aren't worshipping right because you can worship in any way that connects you to God. And I helped her worship for the first time with God, with that prompt that He gave me. And you know, anyway. (laughs) Richard. Okay. Paris, you're on speaking next week. It's going to be great. Hey, as a mum, watching that journey, me and Grace used to pray and just trust God because we knew she was locked up. I could see the enemy had a hold of her voice. And it was so hard because I would talk to her about it, but you don't want to keep talking about it because you can see it upset her to talk about because the power of somebody's words had a hold on her and the enemy was using that. And that's why this week and the last few weeks, I have felt prompted to make sure the ones of you in this room who the enemy has locked up with wrong lies, uh, trauma, pain, words of the past, that you will be free, that God will be able to minister to you today because you have a unique voice. You have a voice God wants to use. Your tone, your stutter, your laugh, your personality, God created you that way and He knows you might feel ordinary. You might feel like somebody can do a better, but He wants to use you because He can use you significantly as an ordinary person. when you feel those prompts, when you hear the Lord speak to step out. What if Linda hadn't gone to Paris and said that to her? Linda probably didn't realise the impact that would have. You will never maybe understand the full impact of what God asks you to say. But God knows what He's doing when He's prompting you and asking you to do your little bit. Don't focus on feeling like it's little and it's small. Focus on being obedient to God, hearing God's voice and then acting on what He says. I'm believing today that God's about to release some voices in this room. I'm believing that God is about to turn things around for those of you who have struggled in worship, for those of you who have struggled even in a conversation. I believe there's a generation also that you think your voice doesn't matter anymore. That's an older generation. 
I want to encourage you as an older person, you need to use your voice to encourage the next generation. The generation that is growing up fatherless, the generation that's growing up lonely when they live in a family with parents. There is a generation that just needs to know someone notices them, say a kind word, give them a hug. Do you know how many young people I talk to and they tell me they're lonely and they are living in a big family. And I'm like, how can they feel lonely? Because they don't feel noticed. Your voice still matters no matter what age you are. And in fact, if you're older, you've got some mighty wisdom and nuggets and pearls this next generation need to hear. And I really feel strongly that God wants you to rise up. You might feel like you've hit retirement. Oh, I'm so sorry, God's got you back off the retirement wagon. Park up the camper van. It's time to get busy for Jesus. Can I talk to the parents? Please do not dilute your voice at home. You know what? I'm sick of hearing about parents who are drinking too much alcohol. Now this is in the church, this is out of the church. You have no leg to stand on. When you ask your child not to drink, you have no leg to stand on. I'm passionate about it. I do not think you realise how much your voice matters at home. Be kind to your kids, encourage your kids, be a role model to your children. Show them the Word of God is real. Live it, breathe it. Please don't dilute your voice at home because the kids who hear you rip yourself out are also the kids that maybe get someone say, you're just like your mum or dad. And then they, they think of the bad stuff you don't like of yourself. Then, please, that is strong. I know that is strong. I, I just know as bringing up a lot of children, how hard it gets. It is harder and harder for them to, to listen to your voice the older they get if, you, if they've got no respect for how you're living your life. Mariska, God's got you. It's very simple. I saw you there. There you go. I felt this message today simple. Just He's got you. He sees your heart. He loves you. And it's all going to be okay. Is we okay here? Jesus, repeat after me if you're asking Jesus and everyone else. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I know I have sinned. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins. I invite you into my heart and life this morning. I wanna trust you and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's give everyone a round of applause who made that decision. So good, powerful. Now, for those who made that decision afterwards, please come up to one of our staff or hosts and we will uh, love to pray with you and get you on the journey and assist you wherever we can. Now, we're gonna do this quickly, but I am believing God wants to absolutely minister to those ones today that you're in the category of you're feeling like you relate to Moses with inadequacy. You feel ill-equipped. Maybe you're not good with words. Maybe you're fearful. Maybe you think that someone else can do it better. But not only that, maybe you don't feel all of that. Maybe you're like Paris. Your voice is like Paris's. It has been shut down, locked up by circumstances or voices of the past. And the enemy has now got a stronghold and you need to see freedom. If that is you today, then we're gonna, the worship team are gonna play the song and uh, we are gonna have our ministry team ready. So there's gonna be one side for that, but we can merge so it's not awkward if you feel awkward. We've also got, for the other people I feel strongly, that you know you've got a calling to speak up. You know you hear God's voice, but you need to step out more and you just need the Holy Spirit to come and, and pour down on you today, but also just a filling up and a tuning in to hear His voice. So we're gonna have those two options. And also if you're part of that older generation that I talked to and you want, and you want to make the rest of your life matter, which I know you do, because you've got incredible wisdom. If you want prayer to be bold and confident and to step out to the, that generation feels scary. They're actually awesome. They're actually awesome. They just need some love. So they are the three options. We're gonna have the ministry team available. The worship team are gonna play. And I'm just gonna pray and declare because God's about to do His business. Thank you, God. God, I just thank You. Yeah, let's give a applause for Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. We're expecting, thank You, God. We're expecting in this place, God, You are gonna break down strongholds. God, You are gonna set voices free in this place. You can start responding right now, actually. Get out of your seat if you want to. Thank You, God, that people, as they step out in faith, will step into a freedom in You. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, God. I just thank You that this altar won't be empty because, God, I know people want to be able to be used by You. So, God, ones who have been restricted, restrained. Maybe there's someone beside you and you think they need your help to come. They need help to come up to this altar call today. Can I encourage you to be a friend and then say, do you need someone to go with you? Like Paris, help that girl worship. If they need that, please be that person today. Thank you, God. God, I just pray right now your presence to fall in this place. God, I pray you breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. God, fill this room with Jesus. Holy Spirit, let no one be limited. Let no one stand back who needs a breakthrough this morning. God, your Holy Spirit is here. Your fire is here. God, shackles are breaking off over people's lives. Voices will be confident. Voices will be set free. Lives where words have been spoken over, the power will no longer be there. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, God. If you are not responding, I encourage you to be praying in tongues if you know how to pray in tongues. And let God powerfully minister to these ones. If you're on the ministry team, I encourage you to come up and start praying and believing. 
pray for people's hands. Pray, ask them specifically what they need prayer for. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, I just pray for your peace to come in this place right now as well. Supernatural peace. God, for minds who are struggling to clearly hear your voice right now. God, ones that are confused, they're not sure if it's your voice, the enemy's voice, insecurity. And God, you bring a clarity for them to hear your voice today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.